You got a plan, I take it? I'm going to destroy the sanctuary. The man took off his sunglasses and cleaned them. You gonna need some help with that? Scarab looked at him suspiciously. I've got nothing to pay you with, and there's no profit in revenge. This would be a freebie, old man, and I know some people who might be interested in getting involved. We've all got scores to settle in Ireland. Billy Ray Sanguine put his sunglasses back on, covering up the black holes where his eyes had once been. I'm thinking of one little lady in particular. Chapter 2 Home Invasion She missed him. She missed his voice and his humour and his warm arrogance and those moments in his company when she realised that this was when she came alive, finally living, by the side of a dead man. For eleven months he'd been gone, and for almost a year Valkyrie had been searching for his original skull to use as a tool to reopen the portal and get him back. She slept when she had to, and ate when she needed to. She let the search consume her. Time spent with her parents grew less and less. She'd been to Germany and France and Russia. She'd kicked down rotten doors and run through darkened streets. She'd followed the clues, just like he taught her. And now, finally, she was close. Skullduggery had once told her that the head he now wore was not his actual head. He had won it in a poker game. He said his real head had been stolen while he slept by little goblin things that had run off with it in the night. At the time he hadn't gone into any further detail, but he had filled in the blanks later on. Twenty years ago a small church in the middle of the Irish countryside was being plagued by what appeared to be a poltergeist. The angry spirit was causing havoc, terrifying the locals and driving away the police when they came to investigate. Skullduggery was called in by an old friend, and he arrived wrapped in his scarf with his hat pulled low. The first thing he learned was that the culprit wasn't a poltergeist. The second thing he discovered was that it was most likely a type of goblin, and there were probably more than one. The third thing he unearthed was that the church, as small and as spartan as it was, had a solid gold cross set up behind the altar, and if there was one thing goblins loved, it was gold. Actually, if there's one thing that goblins love, Skullduggery had said, it's eating babies, but gold comes in a close second. The goblins were trying to frighten everyone away long enough so that they could pry the cross loose and make off with it. Skullduggery set up camp and waited. To pass the time, he sank into a meditative state to be roused whenever anyone got too close to the church. The first night, the goblins came, and he leaped out, screaming and throwing fireballs, scaring them witless. The second night, they crept up, whispering among themselves to bolster their courage, and he appeared behind them and roared curse words, and they ran off once again, crying in fear. But the third night, they surprised him, and instead of sneaking up to the church, they sneaked up on him and grabbed his head while he was deep in a meditative trance. By the time he'd figured out what was going on, they had disappeared, and Skullduggery had nowhere to put his hat. Now, wearing a head that was not his own, Skullduggery's investigations had revealed that the goblins later ran foul of a sorcerer named Larks, 
who had stolen their paltry possessions and sold them on. The investigation ended there as other events began to call for Skullduggery's attention. He had always planned to get back to it, but never did, and so the rest was up to Valkyrie. The skull, she had learned, was bought by a woman as a surprise and somewhat unsettling wedding gift for the man she was to marry. The woman had then used the skull to beat that man to a bloody and pulpy death after she found him stealing from her. The murder inquiry was undertaken by mortal police, Valkyrie hated that expression, and so the skull had been logged as evidence. Now known as the murder skull, it had found its way onto the black market and changed hands four times before a sorcerer named Umbra sensed the traces of magic within. Umbra had acquired it, and within a year it came into the possession of Thames Chabon, notorious wheeler, unscrupulous dealer, and all-round...